0: Ultimately astrology is a practice in empathy and a practice in recognizing the fact that people emote, feel, communicate so differently and what somebody needs to feel safe is not what you know their mom maybe needs to feel safe it's completely different there there's a there's different needs different wants and then the expression of those is going to always be dependent on these planets
2: Okay, he's
1: one of those guys that takes a picture and says he's doing it for the
2: gram (laughs) Sometimes we slip into a black hole
1: Mm -hmm. Sometimes (laughs) we need need a little brain break
2: Yeah, have you ever been sucked in by just one like character of a person on instagram and you just go deep? You go go real deep deep to before they were a character on instagram and you just who they are now are like What was your first post on instagram? Do you remember?
1: Yeah, Sorry, actually, I do. <laughs> Mine was uh nature. I did mad nature, so I was like, oh, "Okay, that's cool." I would cool. travel a lot, and I would just do mad nature, and then it would be me clubbing. <laughs> oh, you know what? It maybe was. <laughs> I have like I used to have tons of pictures of bottles. Yeah. Yo, I'd be at the club, and there'd be pictures yeah. of glowing bottles. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's it. fucking sick.
2: That's amazing,
1: dude. That's fucking Wait, sick, I wanna- Lindsay. <laughs>
2: Don't tell me that's not sick. Or it'd be like drunk photos were also very popular to put on the gram. You know what's
1: also popular to put on the gram is uh pictures of your friends.
2: And not you or yeah. just yeah.
1: <laughs> and now people don't do any pictures of anyone else. <laughs> Does anyone else like look at their feet and want to fucking puke, puke. everywhere? I fucking hate my feed,
2: but then like, what do you do now? You just, what, what do you do go back to nature? I guess maybe. I'm actually scrolling back all the way to the same.
1: End. You can archive. So I don't know if you guys know, but there's an ability to <laughs> pro ar- tip. Yeah. Pro tip. There's an ability to archive pictures. So mm. you can archive, uh, actually my fr- very first photo is of ASAP Rocky at a pitchwork festival. Wow. I put That's ha- making a statement. I put hashtag peso, which is actually a very good song. It's a little bit about who I am And then I put <laughs> Chicago I was at the beach Frank Ocean After show Number
2: three.
1: Oh, or Lollapalooza Me at a church Viewing a wedding How did you go
2: back that far so quick? Was Mine's I, like Very look- easy Me
1: at the club Me at the club Let me see Me at the beach <laughs> Me at the club Me in New York Me in Vegas at the club Me and my girls at the club Oh my god Nas I'm still going, hold on. It was like music, beaches, my friends. Every time I'd go on a work trip, I had a, there, my Patagonia moment. So I had
2: like- The amount of filters that I Oh have.
1: man, my shit is so saturated.
2: Oh, this is like all the way back. Oh, fuck. fuck, fuck.
1: 2013 is like my first posts. <laughs> I had a good old selfie. And then, oh, mine then is, there's a picture of me in Justice League.
2: Mine is- Crew Love. Juice in the fridge.
1: Wow. <laughs> What's the comment?
2: Summer cleaning. And you know, you know how many people liked it? 60. Two.
0: <laughs>
2: Mine is, yeah. Two. Two. Oh, this picture of New York Skyline? One. <laughs> <laughs> who is it, Stace? I don't know who liked it. I mean, um, I had like friend, an Lama. okay aesthetic. It was like getting started. Also, me, oh. me putting my fingertip on oh. the top of the Empire State Building. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the Empire State Building. Dude, I have like 100 pictures of me at Live in Miami. Oh my fucking me. was so sick. So hard to be fucking sick and hey, sweet. Hey, one time I went to Miami before I, <laughs> <laughs> I did a photo shoot in Miami. Dude, did, I thought I was cool as shit. Did you get touched? <laughs> <laughs> nine, nine likes.
1: Oh, I actually love this photo.
2: Oh, God. With the hair. Oh, my God. How funny.
1: Yeah. Yo. Dude, you, there's one <laughs> bathing suit top, blue scarf, floral <laughs> hat, cowboy. <laughs> same look. I got to post that. That same look. But I'm like, feeling myself. But yeah, you were like feeling it. That's the thing with pictures, that's like, wait a month Dude. and you hate that fucking photo. I wonder if I'll feel like that about my wedding.
2: <laughs> Anyways. <laughs> Yeah, for sure. I, I think if you don't, 10 years later, yeah. there's, you did it wrong. Yeah. You know?
1: So lately, I've been really obsessed with scents.
2: Mm-hmm. This is
1: kind of a turn to a conversation that's kind of dumb. But it's okay. I've been really obsessed with scents. Lighting candles at the apartment. It's important. Essential oils. Really loving just rubbing essential oils on my body mm-hmm. really makes such a difference in how you feel.
2: 100%. That's like a health My tip I My sleep changed today. when I, um, oh. if you like have a pillow spray or you do mm. essential oils or like even just like if it's a cream or something yeah. like on your chest, <laughs> I don't know what it is, but I just sleep better. Mm. But it's important too because like if people come into your home and they smell yes. a candle, I mean- I do it because I have anxiety about guests coming in. I just want them to I know. Have something nice. <laughs> the other day I was, <laughs> me and Justin,
1: because I, I was home all weekend, Justin, I like meditated and I walked back in. He's like, oh, I like you right now. I was like, after I meditated. Oh. And I was like, huh.
2: Feels the difference. I felt the difference right away. Be like, hey, you go meditate. Literally, now. I made him meditate want, with me this morning. I want to like you too. I was like, <laughs> I need five kidding. minutes. Totally. That's to nice. meditate. He's like, okay, only five. I'm like, okay so good. The five. How could mark. you have reversed, reverse psychology that I know to, to be get like, 10 minutes out of them. No, literally be like, you shouldn't do 10. Yeah, You, you might get too powerful. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I don't know That's,
1: if you're ready for 10, <laughs> 10 minutes. It's kind of, you have to work. I'd have, be like, you have to work your way to doing 10. And I he'd should be like, no, nah,
2: I got it. Literally.
1: He'd be like, Oh, I'm a pro at 10. I can do 10. I do 10 all the time. I don't know. I would just start with five. Let's just do five today. Only five. That's a good one.
2: I will do it. Actually, I'll let you guys know how <laughs> my my um, trickery works. My brother just told me he's going to start doing. He's taking a, a TM That's transcendental so medita- meditation course, yeah. which it, it's also so good. I'm so happy. Um, but I think I told him about this probably nine months ago. So it's it's someone just else funny. Had to tell him. Yeah. Well, it's oh. just like uh, he comes around. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. That's cool. true. That's true. Okay. That's true. Come around. And then he's like, "Hey, I'm doing TM." You're like, "Okay." No, I was like, oh, that's cool. I was like, what's Tam? <laughs> ah. ah, I was like, remind me. Oh, fuck. I didn't tell you about that. Dude, that's everything. Yeah, it's good. I want more dudes to, and it doesn't even have to be this like actually s- insane meditation practice. How cool to integrate it into your already cool thing you're doing in life and just say, hey, I need five. And you go and you chill. I mean, nothing sexier. Nothing. Nothing, and that's my Mm. new obsession
1: too—is like male self-care. There's so many things for us. You know, we have this podcast. There's the people we have on our podcast. There's a lot of platforms and outlets for women right now for taking care of themselves, and the men are just kind of being forgotten about. Totally. And you know, maybe I'm missing something. I I most likely am, but I think that they we need it obviously this is a very trying time. Um, but it's almost like the men need it more because they're the ones doing all the shit and they need yeah. to like, not people, no one needs it more than another. But what I'm saying is that the men don't really have an opportunity or someone that they can look up to yes. that I know of that's really meditating, loving themselves, doing affirmations, you know, all of these things that kind of even seem feminine. It's like, they don't have, a, they
2: just need the permission. Just like yes. the whole thing where like, you know, let men cry or like yes. teach boys that they can cry. It's like starting there and then like making sure that everything is a little bit more connected and all of these little things that you can do for yourself do like open you up emotionally because it, it, it it's so kind and loving towards yourself. How can you not, you know what I mean?
1: I mean, how much better you show up. I just don't think they Definitely. think about it, you know, how everything's interconnected. It's like yeah. okay, well, if you're not sleeping and you're not eating well and you're not connecting with people you love and you're not saying nice things to yourself and you're not doing these things, I don't think they really see the effects that it has. I think they kind of think I don't know. I just it's don't. just like this
2: is my body, yeah. This is my work. Yes. This is my like. It's yes. very separate. Yes. Um. But yeah, I completely agree. What can we do about that? I feel like we can do something. We
1: definitely can. I really need to. I have a noodle, about on it. It. Yeah, noodle on it. Yeah. I'm going to noodle on it. That's my new thing.
2: Noodling, noodling on things. Yeah, taking pauses, also switching subjects. Mm-hmm. Taking pauses before saying things, emailing back, responding. Totally noodling, noodling. Hey y'all, just noodle. 2019 just is going to be the year of noodling. The
1: year of noodling. Just noodle over <laughs> it. We had this thing that
2: we were going to do, and I
1: okay. This yeah, weekend I, on Sunday, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. we were going to do something and I just really wanted to noodle over it. Now I, I don't think it's right mm-hmm. or not right. I just don't think it's, it's timely. Mm-hmm. So we're not going to
2: do it, but you know, I would just take a second to noodle. Cause over we always things. think we have to respond right away. Yep. We have to be a voice in something right away or whatever. And yeah, give thoughts, pause, give words, pause. I don't know. You know what I mean? Give life pause. Give life pause. GLP. Um, that's a good one. Um, Maybe we should rename our podcast Give Life Pause. Yeah. GLP. And yeah. People a- are waiting for us to rename the well, podcast. Shut up. <laughs> shut up. Don't tell me what to do. <laughs> I'm going to my room. <laughs> okay. This week on the podcast. This week on the pod, we are so excited uh, to have Aliza Kelly on the podcast. Astrologist
1: Astrologist Um, I really liked this conversation with her She's super cool down to earth Because we really talked about the relationship To all astrological signs to one another So she put it in a really easy to understand Digestible way That I often think about now And that is And one thing actually that she told me about Pisces Which I'm a Pisces That I really been thinking about lately Is the contemplation of things So a Pisces being the last sign in the zodiac You've kind of been around the block So Mm -hmm. I contemplate everything, what I'm saying, what other people are saying, why they're saying it, why I'm saying it, my interaction related to them, their interaction related to me. And sometimes it can actually get really fucking tiring. I think it was tiring to explain it, but her kind of giving myself permission to understand that and kind of see that as a Pisces in me to overanalyze and in a compassionate way was just really profound. So we talk a lot a bit about that and then also her book.
2: Yeah. Her book, uh, the mixology of astrology is out now and it's just really fun. Mm-hmm. So you it's beautiful can, beautiful too. yeah, it's so cute. Um, great thing to have kind of like on your little bar cart. So, um, cosmic cocktail recipes for every sign, um, which is cool. You can apply astrology to any aspect of your life down to the cocktail that you sip at happy hour. So um, it was really fun conversation. She's just a little like ball of energy that loves astrology. And I love when people are so passionate um, about things that light them up. So mm-hmm. Um, thanks so much to Eliza for coming on the podcast. Thank you guys for listening. Please join our secret Facebook group. Let's talk about your sign. Maybe what house you're in. I don't know all that stuff. The planetary alignment is real, is real interesting to us. Let's do it. (laughs) Um, and rate and review on iTunes. If you are pulled to do so, it really helps us out. And to be honest, I read one every day and it makes my day. It's no. so good. It's so, so good. We'll read one um, in the outro of this episode, but we love you. Thank you for listening and we'll see you on the flip. Here we are. Resident <laughs> <laughs> astrologer. Um, yeah, that's your new title. Yeah.
1: Well, you are a registered astrologer. <laughs> I am and I, I accept it. Yeah. <laughs> How were your events? So the event at Malibu Malibu at the Little Beach House, what was that about?
0: So I have been touring for my new book, The Mixology mm-hmm. of Astrology, which just came out, Which pairs, each sign with various cocktails. Um, so I did an event in New York at Urban Outfitters. I did an event mm-hmm. at the little Malibu house uh, last week. And then this upcoming week on Friday, I'm going to be doing another event in Silver Lake here. Cool. So all of my events are sort of a combination of cosmic cocktails, astrologically curated beverages, and then some sort of a workshop on astrology. I try to spice it up and keep it interesting so it's not the same content over and over again. Mm-hmm. So the one in Malibu was... Uh, specifically surrounding the eclipses. Mm, what's yeah? What's been yeah. going on? Oh, ladies. I feel like, yeah, it's been like <laughs> wasn't, wasn't hasn't. like three
1: of them or something.
0: Yeah, there were three this summer. There's been there were five total this year. Is that normal? Two, it's it's a little extra. It's yeah. a little more than usual. There eclipses happen every year, but five is definitely putting mm. pushing it. It's a little over the edge. What happens during eclipses? So eclipses are basically lunations on crack. So, you know, each month we have a new moon, we have a full moon, sometimes we have two full moons in a month, which is called a blue moon when that happens. And those are relating to a 28-day cycle that is very much about our emotional wellness and how we are feeling about any given thing at any given time. Eclipses, however, come in sets and they last in these longer series that span over two years. So these eclipses we relating to a series that started in August, 2016 in July uh, in early July, a new one came in in a new with a new energy. So it was the first of a very brand new series that starting next year is going to be dominating the sky, but basically eclipses tell stories and they speed up the inevitable from happening. So whereas on a new moon, we're starting to go through a new emotional transformation and a full moon, we're coming to a culmination. Eclipses are like, you're getting fired, you're breaking up, you're starting a new romance. It's Mm -hmm. like serious, thematic, big things. So it's like five opportunities for that this year. And there was eclipses and that's just the moon is eclipsing the sun. Yeah, when we talk about an eclipse, it's the moon eclipsing the sun. It's the relationship between those two celestial bodies. Okay. But eclipses happen all the time in the solar system um, with different planets eclipsing other ones. Right. But yeah, the, the ones that we have feared for so long have to do with when this, the moon goes over the sun and obscures that light. And then, mm. you know, for instance, in August, August 21st, 2017, we had that right over the United States. Right, mm. So we got a little taste of just how dramatic that experience is. Mm. But if we imagine our ancient ancestors who relied on the sun, you know, for a certain amount of time per day and they expected it and it was, and then they expected the moon to be doing a certain thing. And then suddenly. You know, it was dark in the middle of the day. It was like really scary. Mm-hmm. So for a long time, eclipses were actually like kind of doomsday vibe energy mm. to them. And it was only in the 20th century that we were able to disconnect that apocalyptic feel. Mm how did you get into
2: this work? Like, have you always been <laughs> mm-hmm. like drawn to like space and the, you know, like I feel like the astrological world and just being curious about that or did you have kind of a a moment in time that really like pulled you to this work?
0: Mm. So, you know, it's kind of a chicken and egg situation. When I was born, my uncle, who was an amazing astrologer, who, you know, as a passion project, he was a lawyer in his day job. He calculated a chart for me by hand and sent it to my mom and prophesized on all of these things that I was going to do, including have an interest in astrology. However, he himself was an astrologer. So obviously he's like, oh, she's gonna be one of my minions, <laughs> yeah. but he passed away when I was three. So I never had a chance to talk to him directly about what you know he saw and what he was thinking. But when astrology came back into my life in 2013, when I started an astrology dating app, it was almost like a no brainer in such a strange way where I was like, I I guess this is kind of quirky, but it just feels so natural to me. Mm -hmm. And at that time is when I also started to understand the complexities of my own chart more you know, knowing and growing up as a Leo sun, which yeah, I'm theatrical and I like to be on stage and I enjoy attention, blah, blah, mm-hmm. blah, but like is just a factor and a small component of the well of emotions that I feel inside. And it, it definitely didn't explain why I'm crying all the time, why I'm so sensitive. Mm-hmm. And then when I found out I was a Pisces moon, it just made so much sense that, oh shit. Yeah, we're outputting one thing, but our internal experience mm-hmm. could be completely, totally different. And that was, was ultimately what drew me in and then hooked me on it. Mm.
2: Yeah. The moon sign has been like really interesting to dig into. It explains a lot because like, you know, if you're into astrology, even just a little bit and you know, your sun sign, you're like, well, yeah, I am organized and kind of anal and driven and whatever. And then like such a big part of me was like, no, I'm not, I'm not Mm -hmm. really a Virgo. Like Mm -hmm. I, you know what I mean? Like I like to make people think I'm a Virgo, like, like those qualities, Mm -hmm. but the moon sign really like spoke to me and gave me a lot of comfort (laughs) and permission to kind of like be myself in that way. And like kind of love, not the flaws, but just things that like, weren't quite like aligning with my quote unquote sun sign, you Mm -hmm. know? Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah. I mean, I think that that's the experience that I have personally had, and a lot of my clients have, and my peers in astrology is when astrology grants you permission, you know, it Mm. allows you to see that we are very complex beings with lots and lots of things going on simultaneously. Not one thing is making the other invalid, right? All of them are working harmoniously together to create the beautiful essence and individuality of all of us. Mm. I like to think of it sort of as those gears in the old FAO Schwartz Schwartz clock where they're Mm -hmm. all like moving at their own rhythm, but they're all, you know, part of the same mechanism. Right. Mm -hmm. And that's how our planets in our charts are working together and how the planets in the sky are helping illuminate things at different times. Mm. And so what was also going on too, wasn't was Mercury retrograde or Mars retrograde? Mars or? is still retrograde as Yeah, so of today. wasn't there
1: like three retrogrades? There's six, six. Six retrogrades. What does retrograde
0: mean? So retrograde is actually an optical illusion. Okay. Um, it means going backwards. Planets don't actually go backwards, but it's, it's an yeah. optical illusion as if when you are driving on the freeway and you're going at the same speed as a car, but it looks like the car is going backwards. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So our fabulous ancient ancestors were like, oh, it must be literally going backwards. And of course, now we know they don't do that, but we still see them um, going in the opposite direction Mm -hmm. through the signs. And what explains kind of what we know as, you know, signs
2: that, you know, Mercury is in retrograde. We all say like, you know, don't do Mm -hmm. anything on electronics and don't make big decisions. Like what, is there anything that
0: explains that? Mm -hmm. So each of the planets has a very specific role and responsibility and all of them work together to create this beautiful cosmic ecosystem. But when they're retrograde, they're not doing a very good job. They're kind of sloppy. So Mercury is the planet of communication. It's the messenger planet. It goes to all of the other planets and asks, okay, what message do you want delivered? Let me help you out. I'll transfer that. However, you know, based on whatever sign I'm in, I'm going to transfer that message for you. But when it's retrograde, it's like dropping the ball on things. It's not delivering the right message. Mm-hmm. It's miscommunication. It's it's just not thinking straight. Mm-hmm. And Mercury also rules our cognitive processing. So if Mercury in the sky is not doing a very good job, Mercury in our world is not going to be doing a very good job mm-hmm. either mm-hmm. because we're just going to feel like, you know, everything's out of whack. But I think even a bigger deal than Mercury retrograde because we, we have those multiple times per year is Mars retrograde, which only happens every two years. The last time it happened was 2016 and Mars is currently retrograde right now. Mars is the planet of action and ambition and drive and motivation and also libido. So over the past mm. few weeks, I, it's been a lot of false starts. It's been a lot of like- Like sexually. Yeah, and sexually, <laughs> <laughs> sexu- a start. sexually, <laughs> professionally, <laughs> basically, like everything that you would normally be thrusting into, you're it's literally No yeah. pun
2: intended, no, baby. And you're like
0: thrusting in the wrong direction. Yes, you're missing <laughs> the hole. You're missing the whole. Uh, so, Okay, I didn't mean to cut you off. But <laughs> no, no, no. That's what it is. yeah. You so, gave us a pun. We're gonna run. Yeah. We're-
2: <laughs> oh, that's a huge so guys. So
1: Mercury is communication. Mars is libido and drive and ambition. Mm-hmm. Can you go through Mars is that? Can you go through the all of the planets?
0: Yeah. So what they- well, we can. Yeah. So first and foremost, we have the Sun, mm-hmm. which is not a planet, but we call it a planet in astrology. Mm-hmm. If you if mm-hmm. that's like very disturbing to people, we can call it a celestial body and just be done with it. Mm-hmm. Um, but its role is to show the truth. And it is the biggest, brightest star. And it, it, during the day, it blows out all of the other planets, right? So we can't even see them during the day. And it's just the sun, what we're doing on a day-to-day basis, how we're living our life. And then the moon, as the moon, you know, as the sun begins to set and the moon comes up, we start reflecting on all of those truths and those experiences. And we're thinking, okay, what did I do over the course of a day? What, did I like how I was being treated? Did I like how I was treating others? Did I like my activities? And the moon is that reflective emotional processing mm. of our daytime activities. And likewise, the moon reflects the sun. So it only is shining to us what the sun already provided it. So the moon is always working in relation to the sun. Mm. So these these two planets work like, you know, they are bonded perpetually in astrology, Mm. but one is sort of the action and then one is the reflection. So then we have Mercury who is the communication. So Mercury goes to the moon and says, the moon is like, I'm feeling not very good about this. Mm. And then Mercury is like, don't worry, let me communicate that to you. Sometimes Mercury and the moon work really nicely together. Mm. Sometimes they don't. Sometimes the moon is like, my feelings are hurt. And then Mercury comes through and is cold and aloof and does not do a good job reflecting the vulnerability of the moon, sometimes vice versa. But that is Mercury's primary function. Venus's primary function is to remind us that we love to be in love. And that is a very indulgent purpose. Sometimes when people are first starting their journey into astrology, they'll look at Venus and say, oh, this is like my ideal soulmate. But Venus is more hedonistic than that. You know, it's sort of like our projection of what we if how we want to be courted. Mm. But again, if we want to know how we're going to feel, we need to look to the moon and make sure that we're being, our emotions are being treated well. Mm. So that's Venus. Then we have Mars who is, action and determination and libido and sex and different from Venus. Venus is like, you know, is is wants to be fanned, not fucked. You know, mm. it's like it wants to be tr- massaged and oiled up, Same. but it doesn't want to be like fornicated. Mm. That's like too aggressive and creepy for, Mar- for Venus. That's mm. Mars fully. So then we have Jupiter. So then we have this like crazy asteroid belt. And then when we emerge from it, we have giant Jupiter mm. who is just, completely it's like it's lawless out there past the asteroid belt planets look weird they're doing big things they mm. have much longer orbits so jupiter mm. takes a year to go through a sign its orbit is 12 years total mm. and jupiter is expansion philosophy education but it basically just it's it's also like gambling and casinos and like excess it blows up everything in a good way it, it enlarges it whereas saturn is constriction. Saturn is represents the father. It's us going to bed early. It's us doing our job. It's our payroll. It's, you know, it's, it's us being very responsible. So when we go through our Saturn return, when we're in our late twenties, is when we're learning how to become our own father. Astrologically, it's our, it's a big rite of passage. Mm. So then it gets even weirder. Then we get into Neptune, which is dreams oh, and illusion and fantasy. And the entertainment industry, it's also, you know, it's the misty fog of spirituality. It's basically everything that's like very, is it real or is it not real? That's mm. the Neptune concept, which is duh, why it's the entertainment industry. Wow. And then Uranus, which is progress and innovation and rebellion and revolution. Uranus also rules earthquakes. So it is that sort of like tectonic plate chattering, like, oh my God, we're going, we're in a different progressive state of mind now we're having, we're rebelling, we're having a revolution, whatever it is, it's technology as well. And then finally, Pluto, who is no longer a planet anymore, but we still count him because he has a big deal function, which is that he rules transformation. He represents the underworld, the underbelly, his journey is 240 years long. So 2020, I mean, as soon as I say that, those, that combination of (laughs) numbers together, I feel like I'm already like (laughs) it's like very soapbox doomsday but it is really crazy that the year of the election is going to be when pluto returns for the united states from the signing of the declaration of independence which because it takes that long to come into a full orbit i just got chills it is chilling that's (laughs) fucking crazy yeah yeah it's really crazy so what do you so who do
1: you think is going to win I'm just kidding. (laughs) No, so like, what what do you, so if he's the, if Pluto's the underbelly and the underworld is it, because like people have talked about this in the climate and I know you probably don't want to stay on this for a while and neither do I, but as it's been like a coming up of things, so kind of like showing the darkness so that we can like understand where we need light. So then would that be like Pluto's job to bring all of that up and then we have the opportunity to change it or like, How would that play into it, I guess, with Pluto?
0: Yeah, it it definitely is Pluto's job to do that. Pluto wants us to rebuild by destroying. So Pluto is like, this system doesn't work. We need to, you know, go underneath into the soil and grab the roots and replant it. Yeah. Not just like trim the leaves of something. Mm. So the last time Pluto was all the around was the Declaration of Independence? That's right. Wow.
1: Yeah, it's crazy. Do you know any other cool, like, correlations between dates and Mm. their rotations. So yeah
0: I mean also to your point you know another thing that has been happening which has been bringing a lot of shit from out from under the rug and skeletons coming out of the closet is that in October 2017 Jupiter so that's that expansive Mm -hmm. planet went into Scorpio which is Plutonian energy of hidden things and secrets and everything that has been you know, it's also sex, secret sex. And that happened the (gasps) week that the Harvey Weinstein scandal broke.
1: Wow.
0: So that was a really, that was an intense one. And then it went, Jupiter went retrograde the same week of the Academy Awards, when all of these celebrities Mm -hmm. were wearing designer black gowns and everybody was like, "Mm, wait, like this is starting to feel like it's not actually a movement. This is starting to feel like it's a Hollywood thing happening. So then it went retrograde. And then it went direct again the very week that actually to the day that Harvey Weinstein went back into the news because his trial started. So to me, you know, on a societal level, I'm really tracking this transit Jupiter through Scorpio as part of the Me Too movement and seeing us you know, pulling all of that information and all of this darkness to the surface Mm. so that in November, when Jupiter goes into Sagittarius and we want to learn and we're on a quest for knowledge and we're feeling even more spiritual than we are now, we have all of that revealed. So we know what we're working with.
2: Wow. In terms of like how people can use this information to navigate like their daily. So, I mean, on a larger scale where it's in the media and we can kind of, you know, dissect that and, you know, understand it on a deeper level, but like how far do you have to go into like the houses and the ruling planets and all of that to really gauge kind of a situation?
0: I think that that if by the time that you're going down that rabbit hole, I mean, you're already on the path Mm -hmm. to become a snow astrologer. You know, Mm -hmm. I think that on a day-to-day basis for people who, you know, it's not their job to try to interpret and analyze and do all of this stuff. You know, I encourage people to just follow great accounts that can really summarize and explain how these energies are Mm. affecting individuals on a day-to-day basis. But of course, the way to find out how they're affecting you as an individual on your own orbit and in your own world is to be familiar with your natal chart. And to understand you know, when the moon is in Capricorn, what's being activated in your chart. Mm-hmm. Are there other planets that are in Capricorn that are firing off right now? When was the last time they fired off like this? And to understand so you can become familiar with the own, your patterns in your own life. Mm. Can we get a little refresher of, cause I actually have heard it a few times, but I still don't know how to explain it of rising moon and sun signs. Your natal chart, your birth chart, is a snapshot of the sky at your exact moment of birth. So basically it's a two dimensional depiction of a three dimensional concept. Mm. The sun is where the sun was at your moment of birth. When it's your birthday, you have a solar return. The sun takes 365 days to reach its orbit. So every year the sun returns to its exact position at your moment of birth. Which is your sun sign, your truth, sort of your outward, your big, vibrant, vivacious energy that you mm. are leading through with in this life. Your moon is the position of where the moon was at your moment of birth. So you're going to look and see what the relationship between those two things are. How does your inner world respond to your day to day experiences, your outer world? The rising is what constellation was coming up on the Eastern horizon at your moment of birth. So this dictates Mm. sort of your, your landscape, you know, what world are we working with? So based on your rising sign, you know, sort of what, uh, you know, like what, Where you're playing, basically, Mm -hmm. (laughs) where you're hanging out Mm. for me as a Capricorn rising, I'm hanging out in a Saturn world, which is like daddy issues and lots Mm. of work, and like this big come up you know, this like hard work pays off type Mm. of concept, but Mm. not an easy, not an easy landscape to be working with. If you have a Leo rising, this you're dealing in a Sun's world, Mm -hmm. so you're going to have a lot of. Uh, you know, people are going to feel that vivacity on you, that sun energy, that truth, that entertainment, that want. You know, that that warmth, mm-hmm. and then also on the flip side, you know, the ego, mm-hmm. the narcissism, everything that goes with being the center mm-hmm. of the universe. Totally. I can say it because I'm a Leo sun, yeah. so <laughs> rings true to me, honey. Yeah. So depends. Mm-hmm. So that's the, the rising sign. They say that it's you know, people read your rising before you know on first impression. I don't a hundred percent feel that that's true. I feel like people respond to what their landscape is to begin with, you know? So if you're mm-hmm. somebody who has Saturn as your chart ruler, if you're living in a Capricorn world, yeah, maybe people are going to think you're a little bitchy when they first meet you because like life's hard, you know,
2: <laughs> mm-hmm. we, we hear so often. And I know you mentioned earlier um, when you first got here about your, the dating app. So in kind of like relationships, whether it's love, friendship, family, like, like, What can you use about the rising, the sun and the moon signs to kind of navigate relationships and and use them as tools so that you can connect in the best way possible?
0: That's a really fabulous question. I mean, as you guys could probably imagine, the number one question I'm asked all the time is like, who am I compatible with? And if only things were that easy, Mm -hmm. you know, ultimately astrology is a practice in empathy and a practice in recognizing the fact that people emote feel communicate so differently and what somebody needs to feel safe is not what you know their mom maybe needs to feel safe it's completely different there there's a there's different needs different wants and then the expression of those is going to always be dependent on these planets so i think that you know understanding first of all just that concept that everybody's really different is number 1 And then when you start looking at your chart and seeing the way that other people's sun signs or moons or risings affect you, you can understand sort of how you're teaching them lessons and how they're teaching you lessons in turn, because ultimately everybody who comes into our life is here to teach us a lesson. And some lessons last Mm -hmm. a few hours and some last decades, Mm -hmm. but it's, it's all very important to be kind, Mm -hmm. (laughs) to be mindful of the fact that everybody's just on their own journey and we just try to support each other as much as we can.
2: I love that explanation. Yeah. Got, you know? Yeah. You did our opening quote in there. Yeah. I literally. was <laughs> I was like, Hey, <laughs> post-production team. That was yeah. our opening quote. <laughs>
1: now you heard it first.
2: <laughs> yeah. That's a really, and it also makes it digestible for people. Cause I think so many people just like tag astrology as, you know, too out there or no, it's not true. It doesn't ring true for me, but for it to be kind of this lesson or practice in empathy, I don't know. I'm, that makes me even more curious about kind of digging in and makes me look at it differently rather than just about me more about the relationships.
0: Yeah. But it always has to start first Mm -hmm. with you. And I think that that's also as a Leo son, (laughs) Mm -hmm. I think that that's pretty cool also, yeah, you know, even as my studies have progressed and you know, I'm, Obviously, very advanced as an astrologer now, whenever I take a new course or I begin a new lesson or I learn something new, we always start at our own charts. Because first, before we can figure out what it means for others, Mm. you need to know what it means for yourself. You need to know like, okay, this energy feels like this in my life and I can personalize this. So that's always the beginning of astrology is starting with your own chart and then developing enough empathy and understanding and kindness for yourself Mm -hmm. so that you can start looking and seeing, oh shit, this chart, you know, my boyfriend's chart is so different than mine. This makes so much sense, but it's also okay because we're teaching each other different things. Mm -hmm. Where did astrology come from? The Babylonians. Really? Mm -hmm. Every culture has their own Version? version. Yeah. The Babylonians developed the Zodiac 5,000 years ago. Was it like a download someone got or? It was, it was, know. it was just the, it was observation, mm. you know? So we have the Mayan Zodiac. We mm. have the Western Zodiac, which is what we use. The Chinese Zodiac, the Korean Zodiac, mm. Indian, which is Vedic astrology. Every what single- is Vedic astrology? It's the Indian astrology. Oh, so it's based it in, it, it's very linked to Hindu culture and religion. But it's a completely different, like I've looked at there, I've looked at Vedic charts, and it's like a completely different, it literally is a different language. So, wow. <laughs> whoa, but would it say the same information? No, so one of the differences is that in Western astrology, we sort of stopped the planets' motion, so to speak, where they're sort of where they were a thousand years ago, mm-hmm. and we haven't calculated for. The shifts that happen over time. That's called tropical astrology. Mm -hmm. Vedic astrology actually accounts for these changes Mm -hmm. and where the plant, how these like sort of micro orbits that they're doing and these motions of just the gradual, you know, expansion of the universe. It's technically more accurate in terms of where the planets are in the sky at any given moment, but it has a completely different set of criteria and rubric from the Western astrology that I practice and most of us practice. Whoa. So
1: Vedic would essentially take into consideration like how a person changes because the planets
0: are also yeah, changing? Yeah, I mean, astro- Western astrology does too. Okay. It's just that we look at the planets a little differently. Okay. That's crazy. But all the same Zodiac, all the same wheel. Okay, with the same, not the
1: same characters Not though, the same
0: characters because whatever. those shift depending on the, um, the culture. So, Uh you know, our, for, for us, we have a lot of Greco-Roman influence. So all of the planets are named after Greek and Roman gods. Yes. So we have sort of incorporated our cultural language and mythology into it. Mm. Whereas if we were in India, there's a completely different set of mythology and folklore. And that's what is, that's what's superimposed onto the Zodiac. Mm. Mm. Love that.
2: A lot of our um, listeners are going through their Saturn return. Mm-hmm. um so could you kind of can you unpack that a little bit? I know mm-hmm. I feel like we're rounding out our
0: Saturn return? Mm-hmm. I
2: don't know actually yeah, I think my I had mine mine was like twenty seven
0: yeah, right mm-hmm. so it lasts for, for when I'm about two and a half years okay Saturn returns serious. It's a big deal, yeah, yeah. you know, even as an astrologer i I guess I was a little bit. Uh, cavalier going into it. Cause I was like, I know all about this mm. R- really taken me by surprise. Could mm. not, could not believe the type of shit that's happening during my Saturn return. Rose, are you in it now? Yeah. Mm. Everything changes, you know, and mm. the it's interesting too, because we're living longer now than we ever have before. And the Saturn return in medieval times was basically like, you know, this is kind of the end of the road. You mm. go through one Saturn return and that is when you reach your peak which is in your late 20s, early 30s. Mm. And then from there, it's all downhill. Now we expect to have two Saturn returns, often three Saturn returns. Mm. So the purpose of them is very different. The first Saturn return that we have in our late 20s is when we become our own person. It is like the, it is the astrological bar mitzvah. It is when we are finally fully (laughs) adults. And the reason for that is because we are learning how to be our own dad, to take care of ourselves in a very sort of typical, traditional, patriarchal sort of way. Mm -hmm. So either we are realizing that our dad sucks, we're realizing that we need to step up to the plate in certain ways. If you have been just coasting across all of your 20s, Saturn return is like, wow, I actually really need to get my shit together.
2: Yeah,
0: For those people who have had difficult lives up until their Saturn return, Saturn return is when finally things start to like mm-hmm. settle in and mm-hmm. they feel the fruits of their labor. So it affects people differently based on how things have gone up until that point. Mm-hmm. But by the end of it, when you finally leave, you are your own person. You're no longer a construct of what your parents want you to be, of what society wants you to be, of what your teachers want you to be. You are you, which is a really beautiful way to come out of such an intense moment mm-hmm. in your life. Yeah. A few questions from the homies in the
1: group, just because we want to bring them in. Where could they start as um, readers for the first time? Like if they're just getting into this, like where could they go for astrology 101? Everything seems very dense.
0: Yeah. That's a really good point. It, things are obviously follow me, yes, <laughs> <laughs> yes honey, Eliza Kelly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but there's a lot, Cafe Astrology is a really great website with a lot of really good content. Astro.com is a really good place to just calculate your chart and then just look at the table and see what each planet is in, you know, see what your sun sign is in, see what your moon, your Mercury, Mm. and then just Google each one of those and find, you know, different interpretations of those things. And then on your own, you can start to piece this all together. The best place to start though, is looking to see the sun, the sign, the moon, the sign, Mercury, the sign, and understand the relationship between those things just as each separate entity. And then when you're comfortable with that, you can start looking at them. Okay, there's two different, both my Mercury and Venus are in the same sign. Mm. What does that mean? Mm. My sun and moon are opposing each other. What does that mean? And you could start create more of a comprehensive understanding, but just go sign to sign, you know, Mm -hmm. planet to planet first.
1: Love that. Information on nodes, what they mean
0: and how to harness the information. Nodes are so cool. What are nodes? I actually don't I know what nodes node, are. Yeah. They're the lunar nodes in our chart, which are activated actually by eclipses. So an eclipse happens when the sun and the moon reach the lunar nodes. And this is when the moon's orbit, which has its own, you know, it has its own little path that it does mm-hmm. around the earth aligns with earth's orbit. And then the sun, the moon, and the earth form a complete alignment with uh-huh. each other. Oh. So, When that happens is is where the node is. So each person has a south and north node in their chart, which is the lower and upper boundary of where that alignment is gonna occur. Mm. And the south node represents your past life. If you're not into, if you just wanna be in this one vessel, then it's also our early childhood experiences. It's our comfort zone. And the north node represents either where we're dropping our soul off or where we're coming into in this life. Basically, it's our destiny. So it's a really big Whoa. deal <laughs> and it, it's eclipses that are triggering those. So that's also one of the reasons that eclipses are such a huge deal is because our nodal points are being illuminated. What do you mean by triggers it? Like, well, is there an event
2: like does something happen or we should be like well aware of it? Like, what does that mean?
0: So when I use the word triggered, because everything's triggering in a sense because the planets in the sky are always moving around. Mm. And at any given point in our personal charts, they're going to be activating, triggering, speaking to something Uh. in our own charts. So the eclipses in the sky activate the, the nodal points in our chart. Okay. So these last eclipses have been in Leo and Aquarius for the past two years. So if your South or North node is in either Leo or Aquarius, these have been crazy because your destiny has been activated. This next group of eclipses is going to be in Cancer and Capricorn. So if your nodes are in Cancer or Capricorn, you're about to get closer to feeling your destiny. I got to check my notes. Yes, <laughs> check, I, your I nodes. check the nodes. Check your nodes.
1: Okay. So um, when it comes to relationship compatibility, is the Venus sign the best
0: place to look? No, it is not. It's mm. too hedonistic. We obviously want to see what Venus is doing because Venus reminds us that we deserve to be wined and dined and we deserve Mm. to be pampered and luxuriate and that our lovers ought to be doing those things Mm -hmm. to us, but it's not enough. We really need to look at the moon and make sure the moon is happy. Mm. It's not enough to just make Venus feel like a goddess. You need to make sure that that moon, which is our safety, our protection, our comfort zone is also protected Mm. at any given point Mm. and sometimes that's seamless and then for some people that's not that easy especially if the moon and venus are doing completely different things
1: Mm. good one
0: literally why are gemini's psychos (laughs) (laughs) they're not are they just misunderstood totally misunderstood does (laughs) everyone assume that okay i'm gonna i'm gonna tell you guys i'm gonna go through very quick speed through the different signs oh i was hoping you'd do that Mm -hmm. and this is gonna this is going to help us understand gemini a little bit more because because these the signs are not operating in a silo each one is responding to what it knows before before it and what is coming after Mm. so as far as the chart and the wheel it's the wheel i mean everything in astrology is a cycle including how the signs relate to each other Mm. so we start our cycle in darkness and suddenly there's a spark of light and it is a little match and we have no idea why it's lit and we have no idea why that happened in the first place but suddenly we're going and that's aries energy that's just that that motivation that moment that impulsive like i'm just going to do this thing and light this damn match and i don't even know why i'm lighting it in the first place but it has to get done so aries kicks us off then we have our little match and we're looking around our scene and we sh- we're starting to see objects and we're seeing we're seeing these different things and we're touching them and we're smelling them and we're tasting them. And that's Taurus, which loves to activate the senses, but it's armed with this little match. So it's the first time it's seeing all of these things. So Mm. it's like blown away by touch and scent and taste and light and all of these earthly, beautiful things. So now that we know what we have and we've sort of created our little suitcase of objects We want to know what other people are working with. So that's Gemini, right? Gemini is like, I got this stuff. What do you have? Gemini is just curious. It wants to know, you know, this is what I'm working with. What are you guys working with? Do I have the best scene here or do you guys have the best scene? And it's just wants to trade information. Gemini is really curious. So that's the deal with Gemini Mm -hmm. is that it's just very, um, It wants to get its hands on everything and understand how other people are living their lives. But if that spirals out, it can get really gossipy. It can get really flighty. It can get really flaky. So that's often, and it's the twins, right? So it's going in multiple directions. So that's the bad Mm. rap that Gemini gets. Not fair. They're just really curious souls. But of course, you know, after you've gossiped all day long, your mom is going to be like, you better get home. Like, this is not cool. And that's cancer. So cancer is the home and it's the mother and it's our nurturing energy. And cancer reminds us that it really doesn't matter what objects you have if you don't feel safe in your infrastructure. Mm -hmm. So cancer builds a safe space for us. And it reminds us that we need to be settled and grounded in order to be able to do anything. And then once we are settled and grounded, then we want to dance and we want to sing and we're Leo and we want all the attention because we feel safe enough to be able to go after it. Mm -hmm. So Leo couldn't be Leo without cancer. You know, Mm. Leo couldn't feel confident enough to wanna create an extended community and share its warmth. If cancer wasn't there being like, okay, be home by 10, but you're good, you're Mm. good to go. Mm -hmm. But then after we've like tap danced our way through Leo, Virgo comes through and is like, "Mm, is this sustainable? Is this going to be able to be a routine? Is this a one-off thing? Is this gonna be incorporated into your daily life? Is this healthy? Is this gonna make you feel good? Because Virgo is the most analytical sign. So it wants everything to be organized and practical and utilitarian and functional. And if it's not, then Virgo's is like, uh, not mm-hmm. working. That's not gonna happen. And then the next sign, Libra, creates a huge shift in the zodiac because up until now, we only really are working with our own perspective and ourself. And Libra comes through mm-hmm. as your cosmic plus one. So Libra is the introduction of another person into our life. It's the scales, it's diplomacy, it's you and someone else and two perspectives coming together to create a bigger whole. So Libras love to be in partnerships because of this, right? Because it's all about finding the complement to your own perspective. But then after you've been dealing with somebody else, you realize that like, oh shit, now I not only have my own baggage, but I have someone else's bullshit to deal with as well. And that's Scorpio realizing that life is not just like, you know, holding hands and skipping down this beautiful Libra sunny trail. It's also hard work and there's darkness and there's trauma and there's pain. And Scorpio teaches us the fact that there needs to be, there's, you know, there's always the death component to life, right? There's always Mm -hmm. the other side of something and something needs to go in order to rebuild again. But then after we've done that, we have Sagittarius, which is basically like, okay, cool. I've gone through the hard shit. Now I want to travel and philosophize and learn and explore. And Sagittarius is the last fire sign. It's a wildfire. It just is on a quest. You know, it just wants to learn as much as it possibly can. Then Capricorn comes through and is like, okay, how can we monetize everything you've learned? How can we build on this? And how can we make a legacy? How can we make something sustainable, a big professional pursuit for this. So Capricorn is, you know, the boss of the Zodiac. Mm. It's hardworking. It's like CEO kind of stuff. It doesn't mm. want to do the petty. It doesn't want to deal with like Taurus's objects. It doesn't want to deal with mm. Virgo's Virgo scheduling. It wants to be sitting behind that desk corner office, like signing off on things. Mm. But then, you know, we realize that if we are just fueling and satisfying our own ego, it's not enough, which is when Aquarius comes through and it's like, but is this actually helping people? Is what you're doing helping the greater good? And if it's not helping the greater good, then it's coming from a place of ego and that's not sustainable either. Mm-hmm. So Aquarius is the people. It's the opposite of Leo, which is the monarch, the king. Aquarius represents the subjects. And Aquarius is the reminder of the fact that things need to be helping great masses in order for them to actually be making a difference. And then after we've done that, we have our audience, we have our followers, you know, Aquarius is also technology. We then go back into the cycle, right? We reach Pisces, which is the last step where we've learned all of this. And there's really nothing else to do at this point other than to reflect, to feel, Think about how much we've learned and how much we've accomplished. And Pisces are super empathetic. They absorb everything. And that's because they're taking in all of these experiences and they're they're thinking about just how massive they are, you know, that we're just we're part of something so much greater than Mm -hmm. any given moment. And then we go back into the darkness and it's Aries that lights the match and we start the cycle all over again. Mm. That's beautiful.
2: Yeah. Wow.
0: Wow. So that's why some signs have a bad rap and others don't.
2: Mm, So interesting. They all have
0: different purposes. Literally.
2: Wow. Well, I'm excited. I'm excited for our community to hear this because so many of them have been kind of trying to navigate not blindly, but just maybe through one sign and mm-hmm. to incorporate them all and have it be kind of this like holistic and to kind of look to the other planets for a little bit of mm-hmm. guidance and insight. That's good so good to see your book. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So my book is on cocktails, which is beautiful. really fun. And I love so alcohol,
2: it's Beautiful, <laughs> but, but
0: more, you know, it's, it's definitely, it's a fun and playful book, but what I'm really excited about is that it, it reflects how astrology could be applied to really everything. Yeah. And ultimately it's about celebrating your truth, who you are having fun while doing it. And I don't know, just like unapologetically being mm. yourself. Mm. It is beautiful. It's very refinery vibes.
2: Yeah, like
0: the branding and stuff. Yeah. It is pink. So the pink, that. it is so beautiful.
2: Um, how can people connect with you?
0: So on Instagram, I'm mm-hmm. Alisa Kelly. Yeah, you uh, have and, to follow her and on my website elizakelly dot com. So that's so awesome. it, awesome. <laughs>
2: and, and so you're on tour for the book now.
0: I am, yeah. Mm-hmm. Where will
2: you be, so people?
0: So you know. I'm going to be in LA for another week or so, and then I'm back in New York and I'm doing some more events there. Great. So on her I'm website, <laughs> yes. on her website, all of her events are there too. That's yeah. true. So thank good.
1: you so much, honey. Thanks. This was thank so you, guys. Good. So you're much. so
0: amazing. Best yeah. Virgo Pisces opposites beautiful oh, I know. balance i love it everyone oh, says that thanks yeah you know virgo is actually daytime magic and pisces is nighttime magic really yeah. That's That's so it's a right. so it's a whole magical scene over here oh it's amazing full wheel
2: oh, no, no, no. yeah we feel that thanks so much for being here yeah this we is amazing you. i'm so glad have
1: this book thank you honey thank all you. right ladies enjoy this um connect with her you can DM her, as I know you will. <laughs> um, and then Kelly.com. And we love you so much. Eliza Kelly. Kelly. Alisa. Alisa Kelly I, <laughs> I should be done. I'm going to get it off the mic.
2: I'll see you later. Bye. I love you. Bye. <laughs> what a blast. What a blast. <laughs> uh,
1: so join the secret Facebook group and we can talk more about this. Tell us what you learned. Tell us what you loved. And then the review of the week. Review of the week. From Yam Sandwich.
2: Wait, that makes me so happy. Who are you? Yam sandwich. Yam please, sandwich. Please Yam us. We're going to send Oh, I feel you. like I've seen that name on Instagram. Maybe Oh, really? one of our, they follow us. Okay, cool. I want
1: to send you something. Love a Yam. Love a Yam.
2: Love these girls
1: and love this podcast five stars. Every time I hit play on a new episode of this podcast, it feels like I'm instantly welcomed into a very close friend's home. The topics that this podcast cover are all passionate interests of mine, like entrepreneurship and social issues, and even topics that I'm slightly mm-hmm. curious about, like spirituality and relationships. These episodes are a great jumping off point to learn more. Each episode is a deep dive and thorough interview and these girls make me laugh so much and their openness is so inspiring and refreshing Mm. Thank you so
2: much, honey That's what's cool about podcasts is that you can kind of dip your toes into something in the comfort of your own home privately Totally. So you can like learn about the weirdest shit and no one will know about it And if you want to take it you take it if you leave it you leave it And that's what we're
1: here to do is kind of provide this information to you, give an objective perspective on a lot of it in a humorous and light way Mm -hmm. and hopefully expand and open your mind. Uh, So we appreciate you being here. We appreciate you connecting with the women and men of almost 30 nation. Uh, They're really appreciative of it. And it's beautiful to see this community grow. Yeah.
2: We love you so much. Thank you. Thank you. We will see you next Tuesday and Thursday for new episodes as always. Peace. Peace.